Hello and welcome to Charles Chats podcast, the show that focuses on people from all walks of life. Because we don't care if one's prestige is high, everyone's stories are worth to be heard equally. I'm your host Charles Dilianu, and here's the episode Charles Chats with Nathan Mag. Our guest today, Nathan, is a young singer who left the circus to change his career. Hi, Nathan. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you on the show. A few years ago, you acted as a circus star, but you left everything to play music. Could you tell me what led you to this big change? Yeah, of course. I I would say that I didn't want to leave.、Um, I wanted to stay as a circus performer. That was my life's goal for years. I think I was 16 years old, and I decided I'm going to be a performer on the stage. And then when I was at 19, 20, that dream sort of took a sharp blow, and I got a terrible injury in my back. And it's a really boring story about how I got the injury. It's just really bad practice. I didn't warm up. I didn't warm down. I thought I was indestructible,、um, and I trained too hard. Essentially, but when I got that injury, I suddenly wasn't there. Anything really for a while. I was barely moving, so it forced me to find. I basically decided that I had to learn how to use my brain if I was going to have a career or a future. So I started writing. Yeah, so sorry about that.、Um, what did you love? And what did you not enjoy about working at the circus? Well, the thing I really so I never worked at a, a traditional circus, never in a tent. So I never had the really tough job because that's a tough job, and I was not capable for it. I I was more of a theater circus, more of a stage and street guy. And the thing I hated was busking. I, I did it very few times, and I just I couldn't hack it. Same with festival work, with the way people treat you.、Uh, people are really so. People can be really horrible in crowds. You know, especially when it's to performers, it's like they they treat them as if they're like second class citizens or if they're like these lesser human beings for some reason. I don't know what it is, but some of the stories I was pretty lucky in regards to some of the stories I've heard about how people get treated. But it's that's something that was not something I did love though was. It was funny. I loved and I hated the people, but I think I loved them more. And it's just because the circus is more of a multicultural place than anything else I've ever experienced.、Uh, circus people seem to have this weird part of their personality that makes them want to move, travel. And so, coming in and out of Dublin in just the circus community, you'll meet people from everywhere. Actually, in Ireland, because if there's cir- there were circus conventions where lots of circus people would gather, the best ones were in Tralee. I mean, sometimes in Galway they were really. But we would bring in artists from all around the world and get to see so many different perspectives, so many different ideas, so many different. Accents. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Really good to hear that because when you get to、um, meet so many different cultures,、uh, it's something that a lot of people really, really love doing.、Um, I'm aware that there has been a delay on your album release because of the lockdown restrictions in Ireland. Are there any updates on that? And、um, the updates are—it's strange because. We've been working over Zoom, so we've, we've got two songs pretty much finished, and we're going to be starting to work on the third one soon. But we need to do the vocals. That's this literally the only thing we have left. So as soon as we get from,、uh, get this lockdown lifted, I get to go to Juice's house, get to record the vocals, a little bit of guitar, and then we have two songs ready. 
Now, what we've done is we've changed our release strategy. We were going to release a song every two months, which can't be done. So what we're going to do is we're still going to do a two months thing after, after the lockdown lifts. But the songs that we have left over by the end of the year, so there'll be like three or four songs to release by the end of the year. We're going to release them all in one big chunk alongside a circus musical that I'm right that I've written and that I'm incorporating the song. Oh wow. Um, a really tricky question for you now. <laughs> tricky questions. Oh, that's great then. What is the one thing coronavirus pandemic has stolen from you and another thing it has awarded you with? Oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, if I'm being really honest, the coronavirus stole a relationship from me. You know, I was, I was set to be in this fantastic relationship and then coronavirus hit. And then we kind of moved in together and got real well. And I did not handle it not well now, but that didn't happen. Um, but in regards to music, something that the virus has stolen from is definitely live performance. Now, I, I'm not, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of live performing. Like, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of work, but I miss people so much. And I realized that a lot of my motivation and a lot of my drive is being around. So I think in regards to how hard I've been working, it's been harder to keep a strong workflow because of the coronavirus lockdown. But something that it has given me is an amazing sense of digital marketing. It's given me, like I've released all my all my tracks through lockdowns, which is it's just insane. Beforehand, I was used to promoting them like public, at gigs or at parties. I'd, I'd throw a big party to celebrate the release. I haven't been able to do that. So I've, I've had to grow and expand, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, in regards to the motivation part that you just mentioned, I don't know if you heard about um, a life coach, um, Mel Robbins. So she invented uh, a psychology part when you have only five seconds to take action. You decide something. And if you don't do this decision uh, within five seconds, your mind will kill the decision completely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I um, I I've never heard of her. I uh, I actually I, I think if I heard the term life coach, I probably shut down. My ears close and my <laughs> even my nose closes. You know. Um, so I, I no, I've never heard of that, but it's it's an interesting idea. You know? It, it actually is because it worked for so many people and if you just had a look on the reviews because it's something that it's been out for years now it's not something new um, if you could reflect back in time how has your singing career changed since the start of streaming performances or social media due to the lockdown restrictions how has it changed well I think I think I've become a lot more relaxed since this since the stream because I used to in 2019 I made a resolution that I would play at least one gig every week and it turned out to be a lot more than that but, but I was always sh- like rushing and, sh- and like pressuring myself to get up and go and keep going further and, and now I think 
because you know nobody wants a live stream every day i've really taken a step back and i don't really do the live stream all that much at all so i very rarely do a live stream form. it's given me a chance to just air out my head when it comes to what performance is it gives me a chance to build up the new album show because we're once we have the lockdown finished and the album finished and go back to touring we're going to tour the album so i've got to build up the backing tracks for that practice with them and the new show is better than it was yeah, but I think by streaming performances, it's a great way for uh, uh, new artists to show off their skills to the people and get more audience. So in some way, it could be like a benefit that we're in lockdown because we force ourselves to do all this technology thing that it expands around the globe. No, I think actually there's something there that you've really touched on for me, especially like I... There's a, a beautiful man called Jeff Pulver and his, his sister Lauren and her husband Harry. And the, the three of them run a show called Jeff's Place. And it's like a digital sort of open mic or a digital cafe. They have all that. And actually, I will playing it soon enough. And I guess I never would have met this guy, Dave, about Highlight. He actually pushed me back. But I never would have met these people. So it's given me an awful lot of new viewers types around the globe. Yeah. Um, I've seen that you recently created an account on Patreon. Patreon is a platform where creatives can give their fans access to exclusive content by offering them a monthly membership. Nathan, this was something that you've been thinking about doing for years, right? I also read on your blog that you had some trouble while launching your account, but now you have your first ever solo produce track, haven't you? I do. I'm, it's been such a it's been such a roller coaster. So I, I've been thinking about doing the Patreon ever since I discovered about what it was about two years ago. But two years ago, I was a very different artist. Like I did not do electronic music. I did not have these beautifully polished tracks to promote and, and celebrate. Uh, so I didn't really have much to offer people. I hadn't really done it. And when it was brought up again in 20, the end of 2020, I realized, you know, I've, I've got an awful lot I could give people now. I've an awful lot of like behind the scenes stuff and an awful lot of exclusive stuff. And I've got an awful lot more fans now than I used to have. So I think people might enjoy it. And, and it set me down this whole rabbit hole of, of setting up a Patreon, having a backlog of content I can own. Uh, it took me about three weeks to do the introduction video and I did three different versions of it. And I'm really happy with the one I got now. And then, yeah, I'm producing my own stuff just on the side. It's like, all the songs we're not going to get to put on the album songs that may never get put on any album because they might not suit the sound so these are the the tracks that i get to put up in patreon and i, I love it so much because I'm, I'm really bad at production but i'm getting better and i'm learning the fundamentals it's, it's an awful lot of work and i like that about patreon it's forced me into, into you know producing pretty good yeah yeah it's a great actually it's a, it's a great way to start um what impresses me most is that you have a weekly blog post every Sunday and you tend to talk a lot about self-care. How important is it for you to please your loved ones when it comes to your self-love? This is it. This is a good, this is a good question. I um, I only really, I, like last last Sunday I had a bit of an epiphany about what self-care meant. And beforehand I would have considered it like, you know, take care of yourself. Do the thing that you, you know that you wouldn't normally do, like sit on the couch, watch a movie, play video games, take care of yourself, like have, have that little bit of sugar that you sort of deny yourself usually. And it was only then recently that I discovered, no, self-care is quite often doing the thing that you don't want to do, doing the thing you need to do. And, and that, I think that sort of was a, was a big change in regards to pleasing people I love. 
I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think I think about it too much. I'm a bit of a people pleaser, but I'm very selfish if I want to be. And, and I enjoy that part of my, my personality, my sort of selfishness. My, uh, I can be a little bit tone deaf sometimes, you know? <laughs> Someone, someone's not having the best day and I just charge into the room in the best of moods. Like, do not care. I'm just exuding this energy. Or the other way around. Somebody's having a great day and I'm having a terrible day and I just won't listen. I don't care. And so I think I'm pretty good at, at treating myself well. Kind of. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it, I get it, don't worry. Yeah, but sometimes in order to accomplish a goal, you have to do things that you don't really enjoy doing. Yeah, tell me about it. It's why they call it a movie. Yeah, you have to force yourself to do all these things that you dislike doing. Another thing I've come across is that you provide your fans with the official lyrics of your songs. That's really rare. Not many singers offer these options for free unless fans purchase their songs. I didn't know that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, I, I see. So I'm a lyricist. That's my that's my favorite thing to do with lyrics. And I love songs with great lyrics. And so I actually did a bit of market research and I found out from people who listen to my music that the thing they love the most about it is uh, the lyrics. And so I stuck them up to be like, hey, check out my website, check out the lyrics, have a read of them if you want, you know. And, and, and what lyrics uh, did you write that you're most proud of? Oh, <laughs> this changes. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. One of my favorites, uh, it's from a song called Kiss Me Like a Mardi Gone. It's actually the, the song I uploaded on my Patreon the other day. But yeah, my God. I, I have to think about it, but I could I could just talk about my lyrics forever. That's okay. We can come back to it later. Domestic Wars is the most recent release and it features Emily Hazel. How is your relationship with Emily and how do you think the song received so much love and success? My relationship with Emily is is probably the strongest you can have. She's my little sister. And we live together. And like our, our history is, is a very long one because of course I was there when she was born and I changed her nappies and I took care of her in some of the darker points of our history and I'm so glad I was able to offer her a chance to move out of the family home and place for herself where she pays rent. So she's paying more rent than I am. It's crazy. She's got two jobs. I'm barely holding her one. <laughs> but I think that lends itself into a lot of our singing. She's got an unbelievable voice and the two of us together have a thing called Blood Harmony, which I absolutely love concert. And I think that song probably received a lot more love than most because of her. People love her. I don't know what it is about. They just, they just, people are just magnetically drawn to her for me. Like <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was the first time I listened it yesterday, and it's it's really good. I really loved it. No, it's, it's a really fun one. It's actually one I actually stick on my own playlists. 
Better Off Without You was your very first song to release, and you're having an anniversary this May. How have your feelings changed or remained the same since today since then? Um, well, it's funny, right? It's changed because we've had, we've had three other songs in between then and now, right? And so when I first heard Better Off Without You, I was, I was so amazed. I'm like, this is the best thing in the whole world. Like, I can't believe this is my song. What the hell? And now I look back on it after doing all these other songs, and I think, yeah, still my favorite. It is not. The production on Better Off Without You, I think, is still to me some of the I mean, some of the best production that my producer Brian actually came out with. That guy is so talented. And Better Off Without You, I don't know. It feels like the song. You know the way every artist has like their song, like Clint Eastwood for Gorillaz or 18 for Ed Sheeran or something. It feels like the song, regardless of what my fans might say to me. But <laughs> so I still love it. I still love that song so much. Lovely. Is there anything we haven't covered and you wish to mention? Gosh, I wouldn't know. I mean, like, we could cover literally anything. I'm so happy about it. Like, the, the three things I'm currently working on, apart from the album, is, like, the album, there's the Patreon, and then there's the Circus Musical that I've written and that we're planning to produce by the end of the year, which is a lofty ambition. I don't really have to try and, and apart from that, everything else in my life at home right now is just me battling through the mental custard of the Irish lockdown. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for your time, Nathan. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, it's so much fun. Nice chatting with you. Yeah, it was just great fun to talk. <laughs> In today's episode, we invited Nathan Mack, who shared his singing journey with us. Charles Chats Podcast I am Charles Lianu, and you listen to Charles Chats Podcast. Stay tuned to the next episode. Thanks for listening. Charles Chats Podcast